0: The war started because of the uh, uh, of the calls that Iraq have uh, mass destruction weapons, and following the fall of Saddam regimes, the reason was changed that they are bringing democracy to Iraq. Because they they couldn't manage to find any of these uh, weapons in, in Iraq, and uh, I believe that they have the the responsibility to do a kind of. Uh, a correction for the mistake that they have done uh, before, at least to, uh, to bring back this country again to the internal community and to the regional community again.
1: Hello, my name is Donald and welcome to the number one media company, Worldview. At Worldview, we explore everyone's perspectives on all things that can broaden our world view. Today, we're talking of Haider Ali Tawar. Haider is an Iraqi national worker for UNICEF. Before that, Haider served in different capacities with UN Ocha, the WFP, and the Iraqi Red Crescent Society as the head of Restoring Family Links and Tracing Program in cooperation with the ICRC. Haider, Thank you so much for making the time to join us all the way from Iraq.
0: Hi, Donald. My pleasure to meet you and and have this, this meeting. So glad to be with you.
1: So I, I'm so tired, like I told you before you started this interview. I'm so tired of the experts, the political analysts, military strategists telling me what to believe, what to believe the situation is in Iraq. So for history's sake, if we can take it, time lags back before the Americans the United States invaded Iraq what was the situation like what was it like living under Saddam Hussein
0: well since the uh, the 1968 when Ba'ath regime took over the, the the ruling of of Iraq government uh there was a, a, a enormous uh, shift in the in the way of of Rolling the country, the management and uh, in line with a lot of uh, 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 challenges and and difficulties within the neighbor countries and internal challenges among different uh, ethnicities and also uh, political parties in Iraq. All of these uh, uh, challenges popped up and and reached the the peak by the start of Iraq-Iran war at the uh, at the 80s of the of the last century, that war last uh, eight years, and uh, uh, tens of thousands of people either were missed, or were killed, or uh, 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 become uh, disabled due to the, the consequences of of this uh, conflict, and uh, that also hindered the development uh, cycle of the both uh, countries. And following that, that war, uh, the Iraqi regime found out that they uh, are way behind uh, the development, uh, uh, let's say, uh, uh, strategy within the region. So they decided in a way or another to gain some fund to rebuild the country again uh, by pushing on, on the countries, especially the Gulf countries, Uh, uh, in a way to pay a kind of compensation for the war and where they consider themselves, they were fighting Iran on on behalf of all of the uh, regional countries. And that uh, didn't like the whole regime in in the countries and developed to the second Gulf War uh, between uh, Iraq and the coalition forces after uh, invading Kuwait. That puts Iraq under uh, sanctions and uh, uh, embargo for several years, and that uh, uh, deeply hit the uh, uh, the structure uh, of the uh, uh, education, health services, infrastructure, and even the uh, the power of 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 the army was was totally uh, uh, weakened by by that uh, embargo and, and sanctions. Uh, although during that time, the regime was a kind of, uh, of dictatorship uh, uh, regime. But within the Middle East, similar to another regime in another countries in, 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 uh, uh, in the Middle East, it, it, it had its own uh, uh, pros and cons. So uh, there was uh, less democracy, less freedom, to speak to speak up and to uh, declare your opinions but at the same time people were safe as long as you don't uh, uh, be close to the to the to the regime itself or to the to the government uh, system uh, the uh, the rate of wages was uh, was very limited uh, for instance teachers and uh, and uh, military officers they get uh, 3 to $4 per month. But again, the government has its own uh, what we called a, a public distribution system, PDS, which include uh, uh, 24 food items distributed by the government to all people entitled uh, for that PDS uh, uh, system. So there was no. That much issues about fear of uh, of lack of uh, 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 livelihood and 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 uh, fear of lack of uh, food and and so on. Uh, but again, uh, these sanctions uh, were uh, uh, very harmful and impacted a lot of sectors uh, that. Uh, uh, affect a lot of people and push them to leave the country as a refugees uh, to Europe, to the States or to uh, other places
1: do you, do, you uh, either, do you generally think sanctions are worth it? Sorry, come again? Do you think sanctions are worth it? Do you think it's worth it that the Americans or the, the rest of the world instituted those sanctions on Iraq? Or do you think I, sanctions in general are not worth it?
0: I I, I don't think so because uh, mainly the main purpose of the sanctions is uh, to undermine the power of the regime and and the government while on the ground it's totally impacted the the, the local population themselves. And following to the the statistics of the Ministry of Health and WHO, uh, around uh, 1 million children died because of the uh, uh, lack of nutrition at, at, that, at that era, especially the, the first uh, five to six years of the, of the sanctions.
1: And uh, so I've heard reports of torture, torture that happened during Saddam Hussein's regime. For example, it, it wasn't uncommon that a family or a family member would uh, all of a sudden be visited and be drawn to a, a torture chamber. And it's even reports that, that the rest of the family were forced to clap while this person was being tortured. Is there any truth to this?
0: Well, there is there is a lot of reports. Some of them were uh, uh, published on media. Some of them were uh, uh, generally uh, shared through the, uh, the people by stories uh, shared. And, uh, uh, Personally, I have heard a lot of stories about, about torching within the, uh, 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 the, the jails and within the, some uh, high security uh, governmental entities in a way uh, uh, that forced people to declare the information that maybe uh, didn't uh, liked from the government side, and as you mentioned, sometimes if the issue related to a family member, that might reflected on the whole family uh, members that might be arrested or, or disappeared. And and but yet, they we, I personally I haven't uh, uh, received a, a kind of solid evidences on that because you know at that time a lot of. Uh, information
1: where were secret. So there's no proof of this but do you believe that most likely it happened? Yeah. Okay so the Americans or the western world through a coalition invaded Iraq I believe in 2001 to 2003. What was the reception like? Um, was the average Iraqi citizen glad? I, I've heard reports that there was a line of Iraqi citizens that clapped and greeted the Americans when they arrived in places like Baghdad. Is, is that true?
0: Well, before, before the the, 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 American invasion to Iraq, let's say, starting from 2001, uh, there was a, a kind of, uh, radio channels being publishing, uh, news about Iraq after, uh, Uh, The conflict, Iraq after 2003, Iraq after Saddam regime, and they keep uh, pumping a lot of information, positive information, that the situation will be changed. We are bringing you the democracy. Uh, You will be freely to move, to educate, to speak up, and there will be a lot of uh, uh, media, channel, uh, uh, press, uh, uh, newspapers, and, and, and so on. So for a lot of people, they were uh, somehow, uh, let's say, eager to to do a kind of, of change within the regime. Although that there was a, a lot of uh, uh, people on the other hand, either part of the security forces, part of the Ba'ath party and the intelligence uh, uh, systems. But again, there is another uh, category of the population who are the low uh, uh, income categories. They were looking for any any chance of of change that gives them uh, some hope uh, in the in the future. But regarding this point, what has uh, been shown on the on the media? Actually, there was a lot of exaggeration that people received the coalition forces by by roses and clubs uh, because they were very happy of that invasion. You know, that I was in Iraq at that time, and during the conflict that last almost 22 days, Baghdad mainly uh, was hit by very heavy weapons. We have seen uh, destruction almost all over the city. You can see the, the nights was, was totally lightened by, by these, these weapons. So a lot of people lost uh, some of their beloved ones or lost their properties because of the conflict. So it's not, it doesn't make sense that they will come people who were, uh, uh, let's say, uh, causing thus uh, destruction.
1: And what's important here is also the distinction between Sunni and Shia. Uh, can you perhaps explain to our audience why is that important?
0: Following the, the invasion, there was not much important about that uh, that's kind of uh, distinction between both categories. And uh, uh, there were some tries from uh, political parties who, uh, who who came from another countries to feed this kind of, of uh, let's say, crack that might uh, uh, affect the, the social fabric of of the population who lived together for 100 years without any, any problems, but uh, uh, hasn't effect uh, that much. Until 2005, when there was a, a holy shrine, uh, it's considered as a Shia sh- shrine, but in general, it's a Muslim shrine, was bombed in Samarra, which is totally Sunni city. So it was considered as an impact against uh, this holy place by a Sunni group. And the day after, I have seen maybe hundreds of people were running on the street, keep destroying either mosques, either uh, 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 public places uh, that considered as a Sunni areas. And that uh, 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 incidents uh, sparked the uh, the dispute between both side, and then led to the uh, uh, to a kind of ethnic uh, conflict, which lasted for more than two years.
1: But, but just practically, what is the difference between a Sunni and a Shia? Just uh, for obvious.
0: It's a, it's a kind of uh, historical uh, uh, differences, uh, maybe more than 1,000 a year uh, a year before uh, when there was this a kind of uh, a conflict among who is going to take over the Khilafat of, of the uh, of the Islamic uh, state at that time and uh, uh, there was a kind of dispute between the family of uh, Imam Hussein who is a uh a son of uh, uh, the daughter of uh, Prophet Muhammad, and with with another, uh, 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 let's say, family in, in in Levant country. So after that, for all of these years, people uh, uh, think that the government system shouldn't be taken in this way. It should be still within within the family of the of the Prophet Muhammad. And then there was a a kind of a historical uh, conflict in Iraq in Karbala city where all of the uh, the family members of prophet muhammad either were killed or taken hostages uh, to to levant people uh, still uh, believe that and, and every year they celebrate on this sad occasion and whenever any kind of sunni shi'a conflict popped up they remember this tragedy and that developed to to a conflict. And again, as I told you, among the people themselves, there was not that much conflict, but it was feeded by political parties for political reasons that helped them to stay in the the governmental uh, system and gain more privileges of of this type of, uh, uh, of conflict among a population. That's interesting. So you're sort of
1: saying that most people don't really care about this. It's really just a proxy war between Saudi yeah. Arabia that's pro-Sunni and Iran that's pro-Shia.
0: Yes, somehow it's linked to that because the, I can give you a, a, a solid evidence that from both categories, people even uh, have very strong relationships among one uh, tribe you can find uh, members are Sunni and Shia, and they they married uh, from each other for hundred years without any 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 issues, and and even sons and daughters they even do not know don't know where whether they are Sunni or Shia until that conflict happened. And so it's it's on it's only a matter of of the way that they they worship. Uh, and 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 follow some uh, 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 religious uh, follow some religious, uh, let's say, uh, uh, practices.
1: And so, I do, some people say that essentially ISIS is a backlash to pro Shia forces within Iraq. That ISIS is essentially a Sunni organization funded by Saudi Arabia. Is is that true?
0: Well, if we look into the way that ISIS uh, took over the main cities, all of these cities considered as somehow Sunni cities. And at the beginning, when ISIS took over these cities, they start, decided either to, uh, to push uh, some Shia minorities within these cities out of, of the cities from their uh, ideology, but on the the long-term impact, ISIS, uh, uh, what they have done in these cities, uh, it's it's totally different. The people who were killed mainly from these cities, the destruction that happened and the fight and the ideas that they share, that impacted uh, the communities, the local communities themselves, let's say the Sunni communities mainly. So, later on, people start think that it is not a kind of uh, uh, ethnic war. It's a kind of uh, external agendas. I can give you an example about Mosul city where they declared the Khilafat of of ISIL. Uh, At the first two to three weeks, people uh, get a kind of a freedom because they ISIS helped them uh, to be away from some security forces who were torching them and, 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 and imposing uh, bad behaviors because of the political, uh, let's say, uh, 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 agendas and, and, and differences at that time. But later on, when ISIS decided to blow up, uh, a holy shrine of uh, uh, prophet Johanna in, in Mosul, a lot of people realize that those guys have a totally different agenda that was declared at the beginning.
1: that's so interesting so it's sort of it's all talk and no action there's no real um, they just want yeah. to they, they're pursuing some strange agenda perhaps from the external side.
0: yeah. And at the beginning, when they say they have different agenda than Al-Qaeda members who, uh, who, uh, who took over these areas in 2006 and 2007, day by day, people start to realize that they have maybe worse agendas than those guys. And it's happened by, by forcing the minorities and like Yazidis and Christians to leave the, the cities under the name of, of Kilafet and under the name of ISILs. Uh, 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 government a lot of people have neighbors and friends they used to live together in peace for a long time and when they saw such uh, uh attitudes that totally changed the opinion of people against against those guys
1: so i don't you mentioned the gazidis i've heard some horrific stories of how they have been treated um what's the story behind the gazidis and do you have some stories perhaps of how they've been horribly treated by organizations like ISIS?
0: Well, from ISIS perspective, they believe that Yazidis are infidels. And according to their agendas, they uh, have the right to uh, to abduct their girls, their women's, their boys, and even their properties. A lot of Yazidi girls being taken hostages and and after releasing them, they start uh, saying the stories what they have witnessed during ISIS times. They were tortured, they were raped by those guys. And analyzing the stories that were shared, I, I think those people, they have a kind of uh, psychological issues. The way that treated uh, innocent people and civilians, it refers to someone uh, uh, has, a, has a mental issue is not a, a, a human being. And even so far, we still uh, receive information that Yazidi girls still being released from ISIS groups either uh, in Syria or in other countries back to their areas of origin. The impact, the psychological impact and the crack that I, they imposed within, especially within Sinjar, which is a, a district uh, north uh, west of Nainawa, it will last for a long for a long time. I, I, I met a, a tribal leader and religious leader of Yazidis in the in two years ago and he started telling me stories about the history and he said that they have as a Yazidi communities they witnessed a lot of wars and conflict against them. but for the last one with Isis it was the worst one.
1: Yeah, uh, we, for example, we've spoken to Tom Holland. He's a historian from the UK, and he is very interested in these issues. He's um, actively f- uh, trying to f- uh, find funds to support the Yazidi um, groups in Iraq because he has been to Iraq, and he, for example, he witnessed a woman who was both raped and shot in the head, and she all she could do on a daily basis was just scream, and she she experienced it from an ISIS soldier. So it it really seems like there are some horrific incidents that happened with Yazidis in Iraq.
0: Yeah, and and the the humanitarian ambassador uh, 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 Nadia, uh, she's a Yazidi lady, and she she witnessed uh, all of these uh, horrific incidents. And uh, after she was released, she speak up and talked to the media, and even she talked uh, within the. Uh, the United Nations at the Security uh, Council building. I think it was in 2018, 2019, and I, I can tell you there is uh, hundreds and hundreds of stories about uh, this type of, uh, of of craziness that happened and associated uh, with with ISIL war. So. I don't
1: know. How do you think this happened? So, uh, for example, I've, I've interviewed, recently I interviewed a person who went through the Rwanda genocide and mm-hmm. I'm just curious, how does one make that switch? I mean, one day this person, he's smiling to you, he's laying a brick on the wall and the next day he's, he's doing this, this extremely violent, uh, we, we can't understand how they do this. How do you think this happens? That a person... Can do these extreme, violent, horrific acts? Uh, what does it do? How does how does this happen to a person?
0: Well, there is many many scenarios. One of them is the uh, random arresting process that uh, started in Iraq after two thousand and five, either by the American forces and also by the Iraqi security forces, where they used to arrest people uh, even because of the fake news that he is he might be. Uh, 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 a terrorist uh, member. And keeping those people for several years under torching and under uh, uh, bad treatment, lack of uh, 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 food and and, and, and family connections that create a huge pressure on those people, even on their personality. When they were released, they decided to, uh, uh, let's say, to revenge. For the, what they have they have seen in the in the in the detention uh, uh, period, I met one guy when I was with the IRCS at that time. He was released uh, after four years of being arrested under the coalition forces in Bukha prison. It's the very famous uh, prison place in south of Basra between Kuwait and Basra. And he told me that I was arrested when I was 15, and he was released when he was 19. And he raised a very, uh, very solid question. He said, if I am innocent, why I've been arrested for and kept for four years? And if I am murder or a terrorist member, why I was released? So it doesn't make any sense. And he was telling me about a lot of stories inside the detention centers. He said, we were receiving very uh, 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 recent published books that feeding the sectarian violence, that's feeding the terrorism and uh, the radicalism, either of Islam or another agendas. So people, when they were released, they were a kind of well-trained to to do the actions that they were received in the the detention centers. And after that, uh, a lot of uh, uh, military officers who were dismissed by primary decision to dismiss all of the Iraqi, uh, former Iraqi army and security forces, they found out themselves in the street without any salaries, without any benefits that they used to uh, have before. And they were very easy to be attracted by by those groups' members.
1: Do you think ISIS would have happened if the Americans did not dismiss the entire Iraqi army? I believe so. It it would not have happened. They would not have been ISIS.
0: No, no. because the way that the the, the Iraqi army who left their positions, uh, let's say in Mosul, it happened within few hours a lot of military forces and, 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 and troops withdraw in front of uh, 40 vehicles. And if we look to the, to the way that those people being supported and developed from 2003 till 2013, there is a huge uh, fund being spent on the uh, military support and equipment and training by the coalition forces toward Iraqi, new Iraqi security forces. It shouldn't be uh, uh, defeated in in, in this way. Mm. And I mean, obviously- And again, yeah, and again, the way that government left these areas for three years, it shouldn't be like this. There should be an emergency plan to retake in these areas before those people, uh, uh, took over all of these areas took their positions and create their own what the so called a new state because within 3 years a lot of people get a kind of brain uh, uh, brainwash mm. one of my friends who used to live in the uh, ISIS controlled areas he told me that ISIS members put a huge screens in the streets and keep showing people how they torch people, how they torch the security forces if they didn't follow their instructions. And the other hand, they uh, uh, informed the population that if the Iraqi army took over your areas, you will be uh, torched and you will be uh, uh, arrested by these forces in this way. So they keep uh, uh, trying to uh, to play on very sensitive uh, uh,
1: topics. Mm. And I mean, obviously, the, the army, the army of Saddam Hussein was obviously very big. There was a lot of people that were laid off. So, I mean, that created a sort of an unemployment vacuum that had to be filled by someone.
0: Yeah. And, and as I told you, when those people were dismissed, the only, uh, let's say, uh, uh, job that they know is to be a, a, an army member. And they found themselves jobless. They have their own families. They have their own uh, daily requirements and needs to be, to be covered. So that's why they were, or maybe, uh, let's say, some of them were easily attracted by those groups. And you gave an example, and I have seen that uh, in, in, in areas in, in, in Kirkuk, where people keep saying that we used to live with, uh, 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 with a carpenter, with a farmer and uh, with the tire uh, uh, maintenance uh, people. At the next day, when ISIS took over, they declared themselves like uh, prince of, uh, of a group. So it was a kind of big shock for, for those people when those people being connected, trained, Communicated and easily get controlled all of these areas. Mm. Uh, There's a know. kind of network being hidden and, and working for for several uh, years before uh, taking this uh, this action.
1: I don't know if you know who Majid Nawazis. Uh, it's he's a member of Parliament in the UK. He's a former radical Islamic. Um, extremists terrorists whatever you want to call it and he also would agree with you that these things happen at a young age especially when the 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 people arrive in prison that's when they're sort of they're they're guilty before they even know it and that's when these indoctrination happens and um that that's what happened to him so he would agree with you the indoctrination happens at a very young age yeah
0: yeah definitely Uh, and 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 and, and there is a lot of uh, examples on, on, on the same issue. As I told you, when people were, were arrested, especially the young ages, they were tortured in a very bad way. And the first impression that they have when they are released is to revenge to themselves. And uh, I remember in, in the media, there was uh, uh, someone who was totally innocent young, 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 young man and he was arrested for more than 5 years he was uh, 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 he was tortured in very uh, uh, bad manner and when he was released he decided to have his own plan to uh, take the 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 officer who was in charge on torturing him by uh, sharing information with him that there is a terrorism group in a certain location uh, which is, was very attracting objective for him to to arrest those groups. When he, he reached that location, I mean, the officer he found himself in a big trap, and he was killed with all of the unit that was uh, uh, joining him at that uh, duty. Mm-hmm. So you can you can you can imagine the the changing of the mentality from a young person, very innocent, have no any idea. About the uh, radically uh, uh, agendas, into a kind of leader who is deciding such t- such tactical attacks. Mm. That's
1: yeah, that's so fascinating because I see a lot of correlations between that and the situation here in the Western Cape of South Africa with gangsterism, where young mm-hmm. people in prison where they find themselves in a gang and they can't get out of it because. They, they, they've been like forced into this gang at a young age. But, but either, um, is, is it true that Saddam Hussein, when he took over, that he summoned the entire uh, parliament before him and he handpicked people who had apparently conspired against them and these aven- individuals were put into a separate room and the rest of the parliamentarians had to execute them?
0: It's not, it's not the parliament members, but they were the Ba'ath party members who were against his policies from the beginning. And there is a, a, a kind of uh, trial, which was a kind of fake trial that you are against the, uh, the main principle of Ba'ath party. So you are a kind of uh, uh, traitors so that's why he executed those those people because uh, he believed that those people might hinder the way that he is going to run the country in the future and and that was uh, published either by by videos and, and reports in many uh, media uh, uh, sources
1: but i mean what was different from this from other events that dictators would like to do as he Put the guns into the hands of the party members and he made them execute those members he, he didn't call in his own executioners he made um, the other party members execute them so they were culpable in the crime that he committed
0: yeah because uh, at that time it's it was a, a kind of uh, either forcing those people or encouraging them to do so because they believe that Their uh, colleagues are a kind of uh, 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 a nation enemies, and they should be killed. And at that time, you know, Iraq and Iran, they were uh, a kind of ongoing uh, uh, clashes between the both countries, and it was a kind of strong justification uh, to find a way to convince. uh killing those those people they were considered against the the principle of the revolution and Baath party
1: so either you've lived in a very interesting country that has seen quite a few conflicts when do you feel that you feel that you were the most unsafe during saddam hussein's period during the american occupation or now when when did you feel like it was the most unsafe to live in Iraq that you fe- you feared for your life the most?
0: Uh, that's a very good question. For me as an Iraqi person, I feel that twice. One of them uh, in 2006 till the mid of 2007, during the peak of sectarian violence. When you uh, leave your home, you don't know whether you are going back or not. And there was a lot of uh, violence, uh, uh, on the street every, every day. There was a lot of uh, unknown uh, uh, corpse left on the streets and then being taken by either municipality or by police officer and buried in unknown uh, uh, graveyards and uh, without informing their families. That was a very, uh, uh, let's say, difficult moment for me to think about it. And the other one, when uh, the conflict started between ISIS and uh, the federal government and the Iraqi security forces, and that required to create a kind of uh, uh, military groups uh, to fight ISIS. A lot of these military groups, uh, uh, some of them were even uh, were not official under the umbrella of the security forces, and it was difficult to distinguish between. Who is exactly the official troops that following the security system, and who are the fake one? So those two eras for me were uh, were very uh, unsafe period in in my life.
1: Fascinating. And uh, d- did you ever have to deal with a terrorist? Did you ever um, uh, come in contact with a terrorist that you had to have a conversation with him?
0: Uh, uh, it was in two thousand. Uh, Seven, when my cousin was abducted, and that uh, terrorist picked his phone and called me, and he said, I want uh, a speed answer. Is that person Sunni or Shia?" And at that time, I don't know which group that he's belonged to, and if I give a wrong answer, my cousin might be killed. So I start uh, Talking to him and changing the subject and taking some time to get any any idea that uh, those people who are they belong to or the place that uh, my cousin were taking and when I start hearing the sirens I realized that this one is under the militia he's not under the al Qaeda so that's the way I was I was dealing with him and. Uh, After a very long negotiation, my cousin was released safe.
1: Wow. And uh, did this militia unit, did he he want a ransom for your cousin?
0: No, at that time there there was no any request for ransoms. There was the killing because of your identity. Uh, If you are Sunni and you are entered to a a Shia controlled area, uh, that might be an end point and vice versa. Wow. And, okay, so do you feel,
1: what, what's the current situation like in Iraq at this moment? Do you think things are stabilizing?
0: Uh, due to the, uh, uh, the constitution that was developed in 2005, that, that uh, let's say, categorized uh, people based on their ethnicities, their nationalities, uh, their, uh, 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 let's say, political parties and even the, the governmental positions being divided accordingly. And after that, each government, when uh, it was selected based on this categorization, it's not because of the people who, uh, who let's say, scored number of uh, parliament seats and, and so on. And that issue reflected on all governments so far. We had a a recent, uh, let's say election in October last year. And so far we don't have elected a a government accordingly because of the dispute among the the, the governmental positions between the political parties. So regardless to the other uh, challenges that the, the country are facing, Uh, Some of them, security challenges in the South nowadays because of of the security vacuum. The climate change impact that start hitting the country heavily since last year. We have a dust storm every year. The lack of electricity because we couldn't manage to develop a new power system, but import electricity and gas from Iran so they control the way of, uh, uh, of supplying the power to Iraq, uh, the lack of health system, and it was uh, totally uh, reached the, the peak by COVID-19 uh, uh, pandemic. All of these challenges put aside and the political parties still think how can they get uh, more uh, uh, political seats among the government, among uh, the ministries. And uh, if you follow the media, there's uh, a lot of attacks either from Turkey side, from Iran side to the Iraqi territories, under the uh, uh, the umbrella of uh, fighting the terrorist groups and uh, uh, either the PKK, the uh, The party, the Turkish Kurdish Turkish parties uh, against the Turkish government and the the fighters against the Iraqi regime, uh, the Iranian regime, who are based in some areas in in, in Iraq. And again, the government is uh, escaped their hand without doing anything against that. I
1: don't know how does a dust storm what is the significance of how it uh, impacts Iraq negatively? Is there crops in Iraq that the dust storm unsettles?
0: Uh, the major part of the Western areas of Iraq is a, is a desert area. And there was a strategic plan to build a kind of uh, green belt uh, surrounding all cities to prevent these dust storms. By 2003, a lot of these strategic projects uh, being looted, the pump stations, the power system and the networks. So that's affect all of these uh, projects. On the other hand, a lot of farmers decided to, to withdraw farming because of the lack of uh, financial resources and also the lack of support that used to receive from the government. Uh, before 2003, uh, that created huge areas uh, uh, turned to a kind of, of desert, and when we are looking to the number of dust storms at the 19s, is way different that we face nowadays. In addition to that, uh, there was a kind of uh, dispute among the uh, uh, the ration of uh, water coming from upstream from Turkey. And from Iran toward Iraq, because they are creating new dams in their countries that affect the, uh, the water levels in Euphrates and, and Tigris rivers, and also impacted uh, negatively uh, uh, the weather in, in, in Iraq. Interesting. Either do
1: you think, um, okay, with the Turkish involvement in Iraq and with Iran's involvement in Iraq? That there's sort of an argument to be made that Iraq should be split into smaller countries. I mean, it wasn't Iraq a creation by the British.
0: So for the time being, there is very small, uh, let's say, trials that pushing toward that side. But 10 years ago, there was a, a lot of, uh, let's say, uh, plans and supporters toward the separation of the country into three minor uh, countries because of the sectarian violence, because of the political agendas and the involvement of the uh, regional countries inside Iraq. For the time being, I I don't think so. I I can see that the general norm of of the population are supporting the united uh, country.
1: But I mean if you wouldn't that solve the issue of foreign influence or do you think even if the country was split into smaller groups iran saudi uh, arabia turkey would still be somehow involved in yeah, I,
0: I don't think so that might worsen the, the case but i believe what will uh, sort out the, the 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 external influence is to have a strong government
1: are you optimistic about the future of iraq
0: uh according to the indicators that I have uh, seen nowadays, uh, I'm not optimistic in the nearest future. It might take, uh, let's say, decades to to sort out the the problem, especially the consequences of uh, 2003 turnover.
1: And those indicators are? Sorry? Those indicators are?
0: So there is a, a, a huge, uh, uh, let's say uh, uh, involvement from regional uh, powers and, and countries inside Iraq. There is a, a kind of uh, uh, influence of, uh, of uh, political uh, ideas and ideologies among the, the top leaders down level to the to the governmental, uh, let's say, uh, staff that, that that we have the corruption that has uh, happened following 2003, uh, all of that uh, impacted uh, the future, uh, let's say, development, a plan and stability. Uh, I can say that uh, the Iraqi government uh, declared the defeat of ISIS in 2000. 17, and we are now in uh, 2022, uh, while there is a lot of uh, Iraqis still living in the uh, displacement areas on internally displacement camps, are not able to return back to their areas after five years of, of taking these areas. That means there is, there is a huge gap required to, to, be, to be filled, either on, on security level, or on the uh, infrastructure and livelihood
1: uh, level. Well, I do, this has been such an interesting conversation. I think our viewers and I have learned so much about the situation. I want to thank you so much for your time. And I want to give you one last opportunity if you want to add something or answer a question that I hope that you hoped I would ask you.
0: Well, uh, my pleasure to talk to you. It was very nice to have this uh, conversation with you, and I really like your uh, consideration to the situation in Iraq, which is uh, somehow due to the different conflict in, in the world. It's out of the, uh, let's say, the the limelight of the of the media nowadays. Uh, so, one of the question that I was uh, thinking that you might ask if uh, let's say the American government uh, might has own plan to, uh, to rehabilitate or uh, to do a kind of uh, uh, a goodwill following to the, to the 2003 war. The war started because of the, uh, uh, of the calls that Iraq have uh, mass destruction weapons. And following the fall of Saddam regimes, the reason was changed that they are bringing democracy to Iraq because they they couldn't manage to find any of these uh, weapons in in Iraq. And uh, I believe that they have the the responsibility to do a kind of uh, uh, a correction for the mistake that they have done. Uh, before at least to uh, to bring back this country again to the to the to the uh, uh, to the internal community and to the regional community again.
1: Absolutely, it seems like I just invaded and just left without any um, proper um, plan for what comes after.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, yeah, Ida, thank you so much. This has been so interesting. To our viewers, you enjoy this content as, as well. So please show your appreciation by liking this video, subscribing to our channel, and sharing this video as widely as possible. My name is Donald, and you've been watching Worldview.